Part 1 First Break Look in at that beach, brother. In a hundred years, everybody there be dead. Everybody walking the beach. Everybody in the outrigger club. All those rich ones in the Royal and the Moana. Don't you forget, we be dead too. Dust and ashes. Ashes for us Hawaiians. Dust maybe for you. These dolphins out here going to be dead too. Everything. Everybody in a hundred years. Only two things stay here forever. The ocean and the sky up over it. But us Hawaiians, even when we ashes, we be out here after we dead. We be out here with the fish and dolphins and the sharks and the mores, forever in the ocean underneath the sky. Think about that, brother. Think how lucky us Hawaiians are. I'm one happy man. Prologue On a hot summer day, climbing a long, crowded ramp with my father to get to our upper deck seats, I overheard the loud, gruff voices of nearby men. The son of a bitch shouldn't be here. You mean the nigger shouldn't be here? God damn right he shouldn't. Branch Ricky nigger lover. You can say that again. Branch Ricky nigger lover. This country ain't what it used to be. You can say that again. Branch Ricky nigger lover. When we reached our seats, I asked my father what the men had been talking about, what they had meant. There's a Negro playing baseball for the Dodgers against the Pirates today, Jackie Robinson. Those men are mad about it. Yes, they are. Why? Baseball should be a white man's game. Why? It just should be. Why, though? You're too young to understand. They were in the living room and hadn't heard me come down the stairs from the bathroom to say goodnight. Bitch! screamed my father. I heard my mother crying. Bitch! screamed my father again. From his voice, I knew he'd been drinking. God damn bitch! I heard my mother crying. You're disgusting, you stupid goddamn bitch! Why did I ever marry you, stupid bitch? I snuck back up the stairs and went into my bedroom and closed the door quietly behind me. Lying in bed, I read the final chapters of Robinson Crusoe. My father, a businessman, drank at his club, the Belvedere Literary Association. He often joked that no one had ever seen a book in the place, and nobody ever would. Pennsylvania had blue laws that kept bars closed on Sundays, so private clubs had been created as a subterfuge. The Belvedere Literary Association consisted of a main room filled with wooden tables and upholstered chairs with a long, dark wood bar lined with padded stools at the back. Along the bottom of the bar were a brass rail and many shiny spittoons. My father, and most of the men who went there, drank shots of old Overholt rye with beer chasers. In a smaller back room were green felt-covered poker tables and slot machines lining the walls. When my father took me there, beginning at age eight, I was allowed to drink draft beer and play the nickel slots. My mother was a quiet woman who often had reason to cry. She had been born to an unmarried teenager named Willa Brandt, a direct descendant of Mohawk chief Joseph Brandt, who, because the British offered the Mohawks a far better future than the settlers did, fought with the Redcoats during the Revolutionary War. Willa died hours after childbirth, and the father, 
a man named Miller, abandoned the infant. My mother often took me to visit John Brandt, Willa's father, my great-grandfather, on his farm in the western Pennsylvania hills. The night I finished Robinson Crusoe, I had a remarkably vivid dream. A large, dark man, a giant of a man, stood near the water on a lonely beach, shading his eyes with both hands as if looking intently at something, or for something, far away.